When it comes to COVID, there's been plenty of concern as to whether we can afford all of the COVID-related expenses incurred by the provincial governments right across the country. And the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, they have done a deep dive on this. Got a brand new report out called Disappearing Act, the State of Provincial Deficits in Canada. David McDonald is the senior economist for the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives and joins us now for more on this report. David, always nice to have you with us. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. Just first off, can you put this into a bit of perspective for all of us, uh, not only Ontario, but uh, all of the uh, provinces and territories? Do we have kind of a handle even on just how much money has been spent the past couple of years on COVID-related expenses? Well, uh, it's in the neighborhood of $300 million, billion, excuse me, in in direct expenditures. Uh, Most of that was federal money, uh, either being transferred to the provinces, which the provinces then respent. Uh, or it was expenditures on things like uh, support for the jobless through things like CERB uh, and support through uh, things like the wage subsidy to businesses. Um, and so a lot of money spent, uh, 86% of it federal, 14% of it provincial. Um, and so that's sort of the pretext for this report, which is a question of really who covered the expenses of COVID. Uh, most of them covered federally, some of them covered provincially, which did lead to higher deficits provincially. But what's really interesting is that uh, in the first two years of the pandemic um, that, you know, that's ending in a couple of weeks, the second year, the initial deficit estimates that the provinces put forward were far more pessimistic than the actuals turned out to be. Um, This wasn't so much due to the expenditure side as it was the revenue side. So the provinces thought that the impact on revenue is going to be much more severe due to the pandemic's uh, economic impacts than it ultimately was. Uh, just to give you some idea of the scale in this year that's just ending, the provinces initially estimated uh, aggregate deficits across all the provinces at $70 billion, a combined deficit, came in at $22 billion. That's two-thirds less than they had initially estimated. Uh, and what that means going forward, I and mean, that's the aggregate number, what that means going forward is that for six out of 10 provinces, they'll likely be in a surplus position either this year or next year. And so really this is, you know, it's a good news story that revenues were just far better than expected. And is that because economies, provincial economies are doing far better than expected? Is that what we can take from this? Primarily. Uh, and so the, you know, $60 billion in additional own source revenue, uh, this is coming from provincial income taxes, sales taxes, corporate income taxes um, that they didn't see coming. Uh, so that's a big part of it. They also got uh, an extra eight, billion that they weren't expecting from the feds or that wasn't initially in their budget. So that, you know, federal transfers is a part of this. But largely, it's just that the economic recovery that uh, that really roared to life in 2021 has meant has meant a big payoff for provincial treasuries. Yeah, because the economy grew last year by, was it 4.6%, according to StatsCan. Is that a bit of a surprise considering, I mean, particularly here in Ontario, it might surprise a lot of people because of how long we've been in lockdown. Yeah, I mean, we look at certain sectors like uh, food and accommodation where things have not returned to normal. I mean, stores are still closed. The tourism industry is uh, you know, still largely closed. It's been a very rough two years. But certain sections of the rest of the economy have expanded over that period. Um, and so in the aggregate, we're seeing quite strong growth and growth that's actually gone up in 2021 and 2022. I mean, part of this was actually driven by higher than expected inflation. So as inflation goes higher, uh, you know, People, people still pay more in income tax on that, you know, higher inflated dollar. And so provincial 
uh, treasuries benefit from that. Um, and so what that's meant is that this strong growth has led to stronger revenues. Um, and the other piece that, that's playing a part here is that the, the provincial books in, on the debt side have certainly gone up. So seven or 10 provinces have higher debt now than they did coming out of the last recession. But because interest rates are so much lower, uh, nine out of 10 provinces are actually paying less today um, than they were in interest costs in 2009-10 after the last recession because those low rates and most provincial debt isn't isn't variable it's you know it's it's longer term bonds and so as a result it's this refinancing of bonds um you know a 5 10 15 20 25 year bond at far lower rates that's leading to big savings uh so in you know this this year that's just ending uh, this interest rate savings is in the neighborhood of $6 billion spread across the provinces, about $3 billion in Ontario in interest rate savings. So it's really a big savings due to these much lower interest rates. Joined by David McDonald, Senior Economist for the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. David, I want to go back to something you mentioned a moment ago, that uh, the initial deficit estimates of the provinces at the beginning of the pandemic were kind of off the mark or far off. Why is that? Is that because the pandemic wasn't as bad as feared? Or is it because, uh, as we've been talking about, the economy kind of came uh, roaring back? Uh, do we know why those uh, estimates, those deficit estimates were so off? Yeah, it's not unusual for revenues to decline, particularly on the corporate income tax side, as well as on sales tax side uh, in a recession. And so that's something that you would automatically, once you realize a recession was coming or was upon you, you'd automatically start booking that onto the revenue side. Uh, of your, you know, if you're the economist making up the, the books for Ontario, say. Um, and given the initial uh, scale of the economic impacts on unemployment, for instance, in the first uh, or the second quarter, rather, of 2020, uh, you can see how those initial estimates um, for revenue were going to be going to be pretty low. Uh, now, that didn't pan out to be the case. And it wasn't. Uh, so the, the first year, you can sort of understand it a bit more. The second year, though, those lower revenues were still being estimated. Um, and I, I don't think, you know, what, what really happened was an underestimate of the recovery in 2021. Uh, a large part of that had to do actually with federal spending, not so much because it was being transferred to the provinces, but there was so much money spent to support jobless workers, to support businesses in trouble, uh, that the economy roared back to life uh, really quickly. It, particularly in the second half of, uh, of 2021. And that's what's been driving these, these revenues. So actually much bigger revision in the revenues uh, on the upside this year than, than last year. Um, but it, it just better places the provinces really. I mean, often the, you know, why, why can't we have better health care, better long-term care? Uh, you know, the provinces often say, well, look, you know, the cupboard's bare, there's nothing here. And that's not the problem now. I mean, the cupboard now is stuffed with cash. Uh, and the question is, what are the policy priorities now? Um, do we use that extra money those surpluses on the lessons that COVID uh, taught us or should have taught us, like mm -hmm. uh, making our healthcare system more resilient, um, you know, bolstering our long-term care system that uh, had some of the worst death rates in the developed world. Or do we spend it on tax cuts? I mean, this is the other thing that we've seen in Ontario um, with the, the elimination of the, the license fees for the last two years. Um, this is certainly another way that governments can spend that money. Uh, it's not going to correct for some of the big issues, that we saw during the pandemic, but I, th I think that it will be one of the big debates going forward: is how do we 
how do we you know spend the money that's in the cupboard that's built up okay that may answer my final question for you because if deficits weren't as bad as estimated we're paying uh less when it comes to uh, interest on that deficit and you mentioned the cupboards uh, aren't bare i guess the takeaway for both governments and taxpayers is again that uh, we need to make some decisions moving forward on how we're going to spend this money and best utilize it yeah so this isn't this isn't a problem of austerity now. I mean, the, the justification often is, look, we can't you know we can't afford this new hospital. We can't afford higher quality standards and long term care because there's no money. Well, now the opposite is the problem. Now there's a lot of money, uh, and the question is, how do we allocate that money? Uh, you know, do, do we spend big chunks of money on uh, you know forgiving people's uh, uh, license fees for for license plates instead of staffing up at hospitals instead of improving the quality of care, long-term care. I mean, these are the types of trade-offs now that uh, I think will become much more evident um, because it's not a question of deficits. You know, the deficit made me do it. Now, I mean, there's there's money in the bank. The question is, how do we spend that money? All right, some really interesting and eye-opening stuff. David, appreciate the time and the analysis as always. Thanks so much for this. Thanks for having me. You bet. David McDonald is the senior economist for the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. And again, their brand new report is called Disappearing Act, the State of Provincial Deficits in Canada. And as you just heard, coming out of COVID, if indeed that's what's happening right now, it uh, looks as if uh, those provincial uh, deficits, those uh, debts aren't as bad as initially feared. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.